The following story was told by Justin, a writer and mental health advocate from Mental Health Connecticut's Write On program. This story is raw, personal, and may contain language not suitable for younger listeners. Hi, my name is Justin, and I want to share what it's like to be schizophrenic. I had a difficult childhood. I was always antisocial and never played well with others. So I became a fighter, a violent schizophrenic, despite what you've been told is an extremely rare occurrence. Also, despite what you've been told, violent schizophrenics don't just go after random people to let off steam or whatever. We, or at least I, have a them or myself mentality, either get rid of the troublemakers or cease the trouble. Like I stated before, this mentality for schizophrenics, or any person with mental illness, is rare. Most of the time, or at least from what I've gathered, those with mental illnesses use the they're right, it's true mentality. In short, they take their abuser's word as fact and treat themselves accordingly. Like the lowest of the low. In second grade, I was... fart boy. I really don't know how that came about. But it hurt. Hurt to know that my fellow Christian classmates were putting me down, excluding me from their world. Hurt to know that in their eyes I was nothing more than fart boy. The saying goes that sticks and stones may break my bones, and that words will never hurt me. I guess this person was never bullied, or maybe they were, and this mantra of theirs helped them get through the pain. Either way, it's incorrect. It's a human-based sociological phenomena that disapproval and hatred from other humans that surrounds us, hurts us. Not physically, no. But psychologically. But no one cares about that, right? We only care about what's physical that we can see and not what's mental that we can feel. I grew up in a Christian household. That meant living Christ-like. That meant putting God first, no idols, no swearing, honor the Sabbath, honor your parents, no killing, no cheating, as in be fair to everyone, no stealing, no lying, love, but no lusting, and do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I guess other Christian parents didn't teach their kids that? Because if they had, those students would have never peer pressure a lonely, a lonely kid who clearly had undiagnosed psychosis, to look up porn for them, to make him watch a spinning penis with You Spin Me Round by Dead or Alive playing in the background, a video made in effort to make one homosexual. Cursing him, mocking him, hating him, betraying him, and only caring about him when he could do something for them. So he began to hit them, kick them, scream at them, Hate and loathe them. But he realized that he could never repay them for what they had done to him. The damage was irreversible. This is when the voices started. So he asked his God for help. He cried. He pleaded. He begged on his knees in prayer. He knew this kind of suffering was inevitable for God's people. It said so in the Bible. The same Bible he was told to turn to in times of trouble. The love letter from God himself written by the flawed hands of man so that people wouldn't reject the perfection of God. But all he found was that voices in one's head 
was the work of Lucifer, and that the only ones to have them were sinners in need of repentance. But he tried that. Since there was no answer from God, he turned to Lucifer. He cried, he pleaded, he begged Lucifer, who may have answered in later years, hardening and turning his heart against his beloved God, but he too did not answer. He could not escape these voices, one that told him that the end of suffering was the end of his life, two more that told him that the end of suffering was the end of their lives, but legions of voices, hallucinations of heroes that he had personified to help him get through the tough times, through stories he told himself, told him that he served a greater purpose, that his suffering was all a part of a larger plan, his plan for himself. But he didn't want to hear any of them. So at the end of eighth grade, he shut them up for half a year. During that time, reviewing the evidence brought to him by his hallucinations, he realized that what they were saying must be true. There was no reason that everyone he came in contact with didn't like him or used and abused him in some way. So he began coming up with theories and settled on the grandest of delusions. He believed he was sent there by the causalities a pair of contradictory beings that were everything and nothing, simultaneously and one at a time. And they sent a reincarnation of themselves into books that would be known as Universe to the inhabitants. There they would be deemed the worst of the worst, and then upon regaining their power for all to see, would judge this universe and determine whether or not realities are worth the troubles for causalities to maintain. This theory nicely tied up all the loose ends that both his life and the Bible left dangling. During that same year, just as he thought, things began to get worse. He began to experience terrible, debilitating pains, so he moved from high school to high school to high school in search of accommodations. He transitioned two times, and by the third, not only did he find appropriate accommodations, but he also found acceptance for his mental illness. Up to this point, he never shared his causality theory with anyone, being the most delusional thing that he had ever heard. But he shared it with them anyways, and they concurred that it was a possible version of reality. They too had theorized about their own pain and suffering, and for once, I wasn't alone. For once, I could be loved. For once, I could have friends. I used to make fun of crazy people, but now, knowing their struggles, maybe I was psychotic, and I joined in on the fun of crazy people to uh, divert attention away from my schizophrenic behaviors, afraid that I too would be looked at in this way. But here, and at certain places where those with us with mental illnesses gather, there's community, there's love. Their friendships. Thank you. This story was recorded in front of a live audience at CT Improv's Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Want to hear more young adults find their voice and speak their truth? Go to mhconn.org slash write on. That's W-R-I-T-E-O-N.